You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not sure how many people in today's world know what chaff is. So when we were little children on the farm and the threshing machine came, and it was a very big day on the farm because the threshing machine would go from farm to farm. It was a very big contraption, like a big trailer behind the the big trucks today and they would fork up the sheaves of grain onto the top of the threshing machine and there were drums in there with the the blades or what are the equipment to separate the grain, the wheat or the oats or the barley from the chaff around it. And they were uh, trying to, uh, it was a very dangerous job up there as well. Sometimes we've heard of very awful accidents and they would feed the sheaves, they would cut the string on the sheaves and feed them into the thresher. And then underneath there was another man with sacks collecting the grain, but then on one side all the chaff went out and the grain was the heavy part. And the chaff was very feathery, very light. And when there was a big pile of chaff, you can just imagine as little children, we used to fall on top of it and it would go up like snowflakes. It was, and it was of no value. It was chaff, 
and the wind would blow it away. We just fall in the chaff and we'd rise up a big cloud of it. And this is what chaff is, and no value. All the good is taken out already. And then this image we have on the psalm, this is the very first psalm in the book of Psalms. It's a very powerful psalm. And not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just. This psalm is so beautiful. In fact, all three readings, one thing we could just look at them without any faith at all, just from the point of view of literature, the number of images and metaphors and the vocabulary, the, the connections from the experiences in nature with the spiritual life, the way the inspired authors, Jeremiah, the author of the Psalm 1, maybe David, and then the, the parable of Jesus of the rich man and Lazarus, they have just so many amazing uh, thoughts, ideas, and it's fascinating text also for even little children they can understand and get the message. Isn't it amazing to be able to communicate the mystery of life with very tangible imagery that's part of their daily experience and communicate the orientation we need for our lives? I find this fascinating. And then Jeremiah is, uh, in his images, he has a contrast. Here, there's no shortage of desert. And especially if you were living in Jerusalem, you would be very exposed to desert just from the Mount of Olives. Uh, beside Jerusalem, you look out into the Judean desert. And you can see it far and wide. Uh, even from the top of Notre Dame in Jerusalem, uh, the guest house where I was working for 10 years before coming here to Magdala, uh, you can go from the rooftop, you can see across to the mountains of Moab and Jordan behind the Dead Sea, and you can see some of the mountainous areas of the Judean desert, and it's all brown, it's all um, wasteland, you know, and not a thing grows there. And the evil man is like a barren bush in the desert, the person who doesn't trust in the Lord. To trust in the Lord is to be planted beside water. And that's the secret for life over here. It's the secret for life everywhere, but you don't notice as much here. You notice because of all the drought. And these images speak so clearly and powerfully about being rooted in the Lord. Maybe we forget the Lord very easily. And we're not living consciously as rooted in the Lord. That we're drawing from the Lord our vital life, life sap. Our, our nourishment, our inspiration. And that's the beauty of this pilgrimage of prayer that's taking us into that context. And in Kathleen's pilgrimage piece today, in Ein Karem, uh, this, the prayer of Zechariah, this priest from the temple in Jerusalem, and how he's able, in his heart, he's so connected with God, and he's aware of the history of salvation, the covenants with Abraham and David and and the new covenant that's coming, and he's praising God, he's filled with gratitude to be rooted in the Lord. This is so essential for our lives. And then with the rich man in Lazarus, I don't know if you know the meaning of the word Lazarus. It's Eliezer, God is my help. And actually I know a number of Lazarus here in the Holy Land. One is a Polish Franciscan, and one is an Armenian, uh, guide, uh, a marvelous guide, very cultured, and the Polish Franciscan works in Bethany at the tomb of Lazarus. 
And this guide was there. We had pilgrims there. So it was interesting. We were going to the tomb of Lazarus. And that's a different Lazarus than the one from the parable, the brother of Martha and Mary. And so we had this father Lazarus and the guide Lazarus, and we were going to the tomb of Lazarus. So Lazarus is this biblical name, God is my help. And sure enough, this poor man, God was his help. He had his roots in God. And one of the things about human beings, the way God has created us, human beings are people of relationships. We're not isolated atoms. We are very connected. And human beings have many other names. Sometimes it's mom and dad, and grandma and grandpa, and grandson and granddaughter, and cousin and neighbor. So they are relationships. All of these are relationships. The specialty of the person is to be in relationship. This is one of the greatest features of being a person. And this poor rich man, you notice what I said? This poor rich man. <laughs> he was very poor in relationships. He wasn't able to see the needy Lazarus at his door. He was just interested in his grapes and his sandwich and his shawarma and his rice. And he probably didn't have rice, right? And he didn't have pasta, but he was interested in his eating. That's not a relationship. We need to eat. And it's nice to have nice food, but the relationships are more important. And he did have relationships because he was worried about his brothers. Send them somebody from the dead to warn them. So there was some still bit left in him of relationship, but it was a bit too late. He didn't give them great example. If he was gone, he was probably older, an older brother, and he had these five little brothers, and he didn't give them a good example how to live relationships. What a great thing we need to do in Lent, not just to pray, not just to fast, but to give alms. To give alms. And alms have many forms. Obviously, the hungry, somebody's thirsty. It's usually less needed because we have so many means of having something to drink. But maybe in countries, many countries have, have problems with drought. But then the need for affection, the need for attention, the need for love. Our world tries to practice a strange form of love today, but it, the hearts are aching for true love, true parental love, true sibling love, true neighborly love, true, true filial love to our parents, to our relatives. This love, people are hungry for it. Let us feed them with genuine, true love, attention, care, interest, patience, helpfulness, kindness, mercy, uh, encouragement. These are all ways we can be in relationship. Let us not let people starve for love. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.